Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Yeah, welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. I'm joined with Senator co-host Master Howdini. Yes, and I'm here with Councilman Berg. Councilman, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Feels a little more archaic, like a vampire almost. It's refined. Yeah. It's refined. I need that flowy, like, Vladimir, what is that kind of shirt? You know, the little vampire shirts? Pirate shirt? Sure, I'll take that too. <laughs> Vampires well, and pirates are the pirate. same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, what are we talk about today, boss man? Um, well, this is, this is your wife's concoction, this one. Mm, yes. Yes. Diane. Diane. Not only does she make delicious macarons, but she has good fitness questions. Yeah. yeah. So this one, this topic was, the catchphrase of this topic is hard to start, harder to finish. And we're talking about programs. Should I frame this sucker? Yeah, do it. Okay. So to put this in a neat little package, um, there's this this trend or, or this natural tendency out, out in the ether Mm-hmm. Um, to go and buy a program or embark on a new challenge. And then getting started is, you know, it takes a long time for a lot of people. This is one thing, you know, some would say it's easy to get started. And it, I would say that's true. But how many people have you talked to and it's like, how long have you been thinking about this? And the answer is more than like multiple years. Yeah, I don't think it's that easy to get started. So hard to get started is true. And like looking and being in somebody's marketing for a while and seeing their program and being, maybe this is the thing. And then you buy it. And then how many times is that something that you adhere to fully and complete? Anyone listening to this, how many times have you actually like, oh, I haven't been back to the gym in the last six months. Oh, I need to get back to it. And that would entail like restarting absolutely yeah and i think that you know i asked diane we were down in the kitchen two weeks ago and i was like hey what what do you want to hear about diane like you're you're gen pop let's hear about it and she's like well you know let's let's talk about finishing a program i thought it was really good so that's because this lady i've given her programs before (laughs) she don't do them i thought you were going to go on a tangent about how awesome she is because she is like not when it more... comes to your program, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> she has more creativity in her baby finger than I have in my whole body. It, she does. She's amazing. Man, if you asked me to do some of the stuff that she does, uh, I couldn't if my life depended on it. She's so. amazing, but she's not amazing at completing her programs, and she's not even really amazing at starting them. I think that's not just her. This is my position I'm taking. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people. So... Where are we going with this? Are we looking to offer a solution at the end of this? Or are we looking to just dissect the topic? So let's take this topic in in a three-part approach. Okay. First of all, the challenges to getting started and, and the kind of prevalence that you've seen with that. Um, second of all, we can talk about um, adhering to a program and the challenges of actually executing the way that's intended. And, and I would say the attention that takes. And then C, we can talk about the the actual process of completing the program and, and what's entailed there and, and what you can take away from that. Okay. Is that fair? I'm down. All right. Well. So exploring the resistances to starting, I guess. Yeah. Let's start with the start. <laughs> starting with the start. 
So、uh, for me, I think I speak for everybody here. No, I don't. I, I hate love when、that. you speak for everybody. I, I hate、It's、speaking for everybody, and you do it so confidently. Let me speak for <sighs> Let everyone. Let me just speak for absolutely everyone. <laughs> I think there's a lot of anxiety when it comes to starting a new fitness program or any kind of exercise entailed anything that's new. I even have it like. I signed up for gymnastics a couple months ago to do a gymnastics course out in Airdrie, and even though I'm relatively in shape and、uh, a peak athlete, it was still anxiety for me to go there and make new, like, create new relationships and meet new people and like be vulnerable. Almost, it's like vulnerability. I went to the Gold's Gym by my house for drop-in, and I'm a gym rat, and I had light anxiety going into that gym because I didn't know where any equipment was. I didn't know where I wanted, like where stuff was, and I was kind of wandering around like a lost puppy. And then my anxiety even heightened a little bit, not highly, like not on an extreme level. I wasn't like falling apart in the gym, but you know, just mild. I asked a group of trainers in Gold's Gym, "Hey guys." I thought it was a brand new facility with brand new equipment. I'm like, "Hey guys, where's um, where's your GHD at?" And they all looked at me like, "What's this guy talking a about?" A GH who? Yeah, they're like a GH who? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Where's your GHD? They were like, "What's that?" I'm like, "You know, like a glute ham development machine." They're like, "Oh,、uh, we don't have that here." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, so I'm the crazy one, I guess." And I walked away, all confused and wandered around anxiously. So I have two anecdotes on this topic. So I met with Deidre.、Um, she owns the Seton Evolve,、mm-hmm. and.、Uh, I was I was speaking with her and I said, "What makes you different? Like, why do you want to have a gym?" And she told me this very compelling story. She's she has a bushel of children.、Um, I think five. I think five. It's either four or five. Lots of children, and、um, five's a bushel. Yeah, it's a bushel. You know, a metric bushel, not imperial. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, I asked her and she said, "Well, I lost a hundred pounds." I'm like, "The compelling Hundo Club, okay, okay,、mm-hmm. and."、Uh, I said, yeah, but why? Like you're a su- you're a successful person. You you know it isn't something you have to do. It's something you want to do. Tell me why.、And、she said, well, you know, I found it really uncomfortable trying to find a gym that I could go to, and I found comfort on the platform. And I said, that's compelling. And then she looked at me and she said something interesting. She's like, I'm sure you don't know what that feels like, though. I'm like, what? She's like, gyms are made for people that look like you. And I was like, that is really interesting, because. She threw you under the bus. Yeah, totally. And she wasn't meaning to, but the concept that I talked to her about then is like, you don't know what people go through. This is a human emotion, and、uh, let me tell you a story about this.、Mm. I went into a hot yoga class, and I've done a lot of yoga. I enjoy yoga, especially for its relaxing kind of、um, underpinnings. But I went into a hot yoga class, and hot yoga, you're just wearing your drawers, right? You're you're wearing your your shorts, and usually no shirt because you're gonna sweat through it anyway. So. I roll into this hot yoga class. First time I'm there, I don't know where anything is.、And、there's like 50 people in the class, no space for me. So I'm standing at the back of the class, everybody looking at me in silence because that's the thing, right? And I, I've always had a six pack. I've never lost my six pack since I was seven years old.、Uh, so it's not like I'm in bad shape or anything, but man, I was, I was in a situation like, oh,、uh, like super awkward. I go to the front, which is the only space where there's even. Some space, and I asked the person to move over so I could get there. And then the instructor proceeds for the remainder of the class to say, "Well, if you're a bit more muscular, you're going to have to do this variation." And I happen to be real flexible, so I was like, "Yeah, screw you! Watch this." It's <laughs> like I thought this wasn't supposed to be competitive,、um, but I am. So I, you know, I was like, "I can do every variation you can, baby."、Mm-hmm. Like that, watch competitive <laughs> yoga. So, yeah, that's but. So everybody knows what it's like to feel insecure, and I would think that categorizing that as like neurological turbulence would that be something that would fit? 
I think so. Yeah. And to that point, like when you say everybody has these different experiences, like, oh, woe is me. Oh, I have a six pack and that called attention to me. But sometimes like in those experiences, I would like to take my shirt off without the attention grabbing of people giving me a hard time for taking my shirt off. Whereas if I was an average guy, nobody might not say anything. But if you take your shirt off and you're muscular and you have a six pack, it's like a call for attention and people are going to showcase it. Oh, look at you. Give you a hard time. He's showing off. He's showing off. And that... That's a negative emotion sometimes, too. Again, woe is me. Well, see, I was going the other way with that. Like, I felt like I was in pretty decent shape. But having 50 people stare at me like I'm an idiot, it didn't matter what sort of shape I was in. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why I was driving on that one. But neurological turbulence, I think, is a fair conversation to talk about when it comes to starting something. Because there's a lot on the line when you start. And we could talk about like your DNA actually switches on different pieces when you go into a new environment. And it's, it's like a, a basic uh, set of uh, mythological pretense um, when you look at like going out into the wild, right? You leave the, the comfort and shelter of what you know and you go into experience something you don't. That sort of turbulence and anxiety is something that I think everybody can identify with. Mm-hmm. And what's on the line is really like, am I going to be able to rise up to the challenge presented? Is this going to be something I can withstand? This is proving yourself to you. Yeah. So I get it. But that is what I would position as the challenge getting started. It's like, can I do this? Can I prove to myself I'm good enough? So that's a big one. There's another big one, though, and I think we're missing on. And I think when it comes to a program or exercise in general, it's work. It's not a magic pill that you can just like swallow and uh, boom, you get your result. Committing to more work, especially to your average adult who's already worked there nine to five, they're tired, they had shitty sleep, they had shitty food, like maybe not like good water intake and they're running on caffeine and coffee. So this is all like, these are all compounds that are going to slowly chip away at your ability to have this excess energy and excitement to actually tackle on a new task that is thoroughly a lot of work. Do I have the headspace? Do I have what it takes? Is this something I can even do right now? What does my time look like? What does the logistics look like? These are all anxiety-producing questions. I think that fits really well into this concept. Can I do this? Yeah, resistance I've personally experienced, and I'm pretty confident you have as well, where I'm tired, and I still go into the gym and get it, but that's just discipline. That's like the art of war or the war of art, like just fighting that resistance being like, I'm tired, but I know if I get in there and do something, it's better than nothing. And maybe I'll even feel better and come out on top, which happens often. But we have that experience and that discipline, almost the habit of fighting that resistance. Well, and this is, this is the thing. The more that you build that habit, the more that you turn on the idea that you can be successful in spite of how you're feeling this is i've talked to you before i think this is one of the beauties of life and this is moving out of the pretense so this is like when we're starting i do believe that neurological turbulence is one of the things that limits us am i good enough can i even do this will i be successful and that's what stops us from say making the initial purchase or or doing your your first day of your routine or whatever and i think that's a fair position to take i'm not saying that it's the only thing but i am saying that's probably the most blanket conversation we can make for a 30-minute podcast. Yeah, anxiety and workload or yeah, work capacity. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. When we get into the actual executing the program, okay, I've made the decision, I'm going to try this. I think that self-talk is really important because where you're embarking on right now is saying, well, listen, there's days where I'm going to be tired. How am I going to respond? And I think the more you practice overcoming that, the more you can have the confidence that it's going to be okay. 
Mm-hmm. And it's one of the real beauties of life to know that life is going to be hard. Nobody's getting out alive. Um, you know, those of us who haven't experienced significant challenges yet, it's coming. And that sucks. But I think one of the real beauties of life is when you understand all the limitations, all of the challenges underpinning it, all of the things that are going to stop you from doing what you can do. When you accept that and you step forward and, and act as a, a person of integrity and and do things the best you can in spite of the suffering you're going to experience. I think that's the real value. And, and bringing it back to exercise, this is a real, real crazy topic in some ways. It gets philosophical. But the conversation is, what does it mean when you actually get in there and do it, even though it wasn't ideal? I think it means more. Yeah. Yeah, you always feel better. Like, you feel good after you have a good workout, but you feel better if you overcame, like, a really hard one. People brag about it, like, oh, man, I was running on low sleep, and I had a really long day, but I went and I got my workout anyways, man. Like, I think another thing, this goes hand-in-hand with starting the program, executing the program, and finishing it. We read and discussed that book called uh, Atomic Habits. I think clearly... If you don't have a good identified as to why you're doing this and what outcome you're hoping to achieve, not just the end outcome of like, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, but the outcome of how you're going to feel about yourself, how you're going to look at yourself, like um, even just how you feel about the process. Like, again, like you said, overcoming those those rough days and getting it done regardless of circumstance. If the why isn't identified and it's not like constantly in your brain reminding you of why you're doing it, it's easier to stop or it's easier to slack off on your execution yeah you know you don't want to gloss over that stuff we've talked about it so i'm not leaning on that too heavy right now but you know i've talked to a few clients i talked to a client of mine named darren and he got really good results he's a trainer and i trained him for two and a half years and you know on his way out i said okay you've you've accomplished a lot like your before and after is awesome you're way stronger you understand lifting better you know what you're targeting better what has been the number one thing that you've experienced through this and he's like confidence mm-hmm. i was like whoa really confidence like of all the all the data that's there to support you did a great job you just feeling a better feeling better about accomplishing something and seeing it through is the best one he said yeah i'm like that's huge mm-hmm so I, I think that's a big deal. But continuing throughout the program, I really do think that there's two things that you lean on. And one of them is going to be, you know, what's on the line if I don't do this? You know, for some of us, that's a bigger thing than others. And that'll keep you going. That's more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what's waiting for me if I do this? And that, that conversation is less powerful than what's on the line if I don't. But the deeper you get into that, the more you can find something that really matters. And not just the end result doing this today focusing on today and tiny habits talks about that and then really we start talking about the challenge of the workout how do you keep going well that workout needs to be in your uh, flow state is how they talk about it in tiny habits or the zone of proximal development like even when when parents are trying to teach their kids um, you'll notice that they're talking just above their level and they naturally do it and it's well researched And the idea is that they're talking just above their level and stretching them just that little bit. And it's getting them into that kind of flow state realm where challenge is, it's like comfortable enough that you can do it, but challenging enough that it's interesting. Yeah. And so I think that it's really important that your program is executing on that. And for me, when my clients say, I don't find this hard, I need to figure out right away, okay, is there something in the program that you need to execute better that you need to understand so you get the sort of challenge? Or did I 
not apply the program to where you're at to meet you and challenge you where you need. Yeah. And that proximal development or flow state, it's like if it's too challenging, it's just going to cause anxiety and breakdown. That's right. And if it's too easy, it's just going to become boring. So even if you're approaching a program by yourself, if you're just going into the gym and you're half-assing it and you're not actually giving it all that much effort because you are tired and you are overworked and things like that, A, you're going to get bored and it's not going to produce the results you want. And then you're just going to be like, well, what's the point of uh, doing it if it's not um, if it's not going to yield the results I want? So you're just going to stop it in general because you weren't actually working in that prime state. I love that. The results you want. Let's stop and talk there. So I've had a lot of really, really good clients and a really good client that I have right now. We're, we're trying to get her diet on board. She has some autoimmune stuff and she has all this stuff going on and, and feels a certain way on, on particular days and deals with inflammation and all these challenges, energy and whatever else. And I'm, I looked at her diet and I said, you have some huge opportunities here energy-wise, inflammation-wise. You're not getting close to enough calories in general, A. Um, you're not getting enough protein ever, um, B, which helps with fluid balance and you know all these things. And so she... Stuck to the diet for 10 days, or five days, sorry, five days. She was over her 100 grams of protein. I just, I didn't ask for anything else. Just get more than 100 grams of protein, nothing else. I'd, I'm not going to overload you. And at the end of the fi- five days, the question was, so how long should it take to see results? So let's talk about that, because I think that's something that really stops us from finishing a program. How do you look at a program and be like, listen, I'm in the right place, and how do you measure those results so you can continue to go? How would you do that? It's a big question, I know. You can take a second to think about it. Yeah. Can you just reframe it? So the idea of like you have a client and they have these big goals. How do you focus them in on the idea of here's what we're accomplishing this week so you know you're winning? Because mm. if we don't have that, I don't see people continue. Actually finishing. Yeah. Because you're doing a, Like I've seen the engagement that you get out of people. Like how do you how do you deal with that issue? Because you know it's an issue, and I've seen you overcome it. Uh, I don't I don't know. That's kind of a big topic that I haven't had a lot of time to think on. For me, something that I try to lean on to keep people going though is keeping them more focused on the process rather than the outcome, and trying to make the process enjoyable to them, like wrapping that mental chatter around said process. So trying to find things that people are passionate about and that they enjoy is more likely they're going to comply and complete and continue if they actually love what they're doing. And that was something that was like, you know, people get caught up in some exercises and programs like, oh, squats are the best exercise in the world. You got to squat if you're going to be successful. Like mm-hmm. you got ass to grass too. It's got to be the best, deepest, squat low, squat heavy. And I'm like, you don't need to squat to have good, strong legs. Like you don't. Um, there's lots of other things that you could do. And if you hate squats, like we don't really need to do them. And uh, the gym, like my gym anyways, when we're at Sunridge, that was the the culture in my opinion it was like the big three squat bench deadlift you don't do those and you're not going to be successful you're not going to get to where you need to be and i disagree with that so it's like burpees like curtis you you hate burpees well we're not going to do burpees like let's find something that you like i typically would utilize burpees as like a global heart rate accelerator so let's find something else like you like skipping instead or do you like uh doing battle ropes battle ropes is fun it makes you feel aggressive like you're an athlete and you're swinging around on the batter ropes and you're trying to get your heart rate up, like whatever the case may be, it's again, leaning a little bit more into the fun side of things and trying to find passion for people 
pushes them through. So soft skills and micro focus is what I'm hearing. But I, I, can I try something on for size and you can tell me whether it fits you or not? Sure. So from watching you, I see like you've got great soft skills to talk to your, your clients and, and you're willing to adapt to them. You're open and you're honest and you're willing to adapt to them, which is really good. And then creativity, you have creativity to, to do so, which is, uh, it's an amazing mix. But what I watch, have you seen the whole um, Bruce Lee, uh, why water is the, the strongest thing in the world? I think it's on Enter the Dragon, but he's like, water is the strongest thing in the world. Yeah. You put it in a, in a jar, it becomes the jar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the strongest thing. You can put it against rocks for, with enough pressure and long enough, it'll cut right through them. Yeah. It, can, it can take on any shape. I think that you do a really good job of that with your programming and meeting your clients where they're at. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways adjusting to where your client is at is is the the key because you know when we get these dogmatic principles well you have to squat if you want to get x y and z it's like wow i've seen some pretty impressive legs on people that are on the leg press i really have and in a lot of ways you could say that that exercise is more valuable for tension on the quads Mm -hmm. because who fails a squat because their legs give out somebody that's really good at squats yeah everybody else their lungs or their core fail first yeah so you could make a really good position on the other side, but to kind of tin man your, your skill set, I would actually say part of the success that you have in continuing with your clients is that you're willing to, A, listen to them in the, in the ratio of ears to mouth, which is two to one. I'm not the best at that all the time, but you sure are. Uh, your ability to adapt to them and give them a stimulus that will fit with their enjoyment level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talk to them about focusing on, listen, you got here today. This is the win. You're here. You're doing it. Um, I think those three things would, would probably be the answer to that question if I was to say that for you. Is that is that close or am I in left field? No, I think that, that adds up. Thanks for the compliment. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's easy when it's the truth though, right? <laughs> so I think that that kind of wraps up that center challenge really good. Like find something that you can be good at. Focus on the little wins. Like I got there today. Let's do that. Because I got there, I'm going to try to stick to the other things that I know are going to help me with my goal. Take steps in the right direction. Um, Instead of, well, do I have a six pack yet? Because that's going to feel like a loss. Mm -hmm. And then oversetting goals, I think would be something that you could say on that too. Like, oh, well, I haven't been exercising, but I want to work out five times a week. It's like, cool. So it's going to take a couple of weeks to get up there. Let's, let's start with one or two. Yeah. Because then if you get that one or two, you're winning. And any extra is great. I'm happy. But let's not overreach. Yeah. And even that's a finicky subject. I find that like when you try to cool people's jets like that, they don't always want their jets cooled. If they're coming in hot, like, I'm going to work out six days a week. And you're like, well, let's, let's start with four. They're kind of like, what? I wanted to do six. It's like, well, you wanted to do six. but Do it. I'm asking you for two. You can do whatever the heck you want on those other four days. These are your two that I want. Yeah. And if those are done three weeks in a row, I'll give you three. Yeah. And if you convince me, I'll give you four. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we're in a state where I've overreached for you, I'm part of the problem. I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. So when it comes to finishing, do you think that the real answer is once we've started the process throughout and the what, what you're focusing on is how you finish? Do you think that's the case? Like everything we just talked about will equal a finish? Theoretically, yes. <laughs> in practice, you're in, dealing with real pra- people? Yeah, in practice, dealing with most people. Let's let's go on this. There's no there's no sense, though, like we haven't really talked about uh, just general accountability. I don't think people are willing to show up for themselves as much as they're willing to show up for other people. And uh, like one of my best friends, Kyle, even says that under my program, he's like, 
he's damn near doing it for me more than he's doing it for himself. And as much as I wish I could change that, I don't think it's going to change. I love the dude, but it's not going to change. So I kind of just take it as is and be like, all right, Kyle, do this to make me proud. And he will he will execute, and he's done a, well, a good job on it. But most people, I don't think, will show up for themselves, and they need that accountability, whether it's social media or it's their spouse or it's their trainer or coach. Accountability and visibility are key, which is why I have a really hard time with anybody weighing in on how somebody looks or what they ought to be doing online. I really have a hard time with that, whether they're skinny, jacked, not. I don't care. It's like, well, well, she obviously starves herself. It's like, hey, listen, don't say that. Like that, that's not okay. That's body shaming. You have no idea until you can show me hard evidence that you actually know that. And even when, why would you take that away from them? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a challenge with that. It's not fair. I don't want to see it. Right. But this accountability and visibility can be a big key to it. And, you know, at the end of the day, when we look at finishing um, your workout, finishing the, the current routine you're on or the current initiative, I think a lot of it comes back to, okay, did I, did I really understand what I was embarking on and make sure the logistics were there, not only in my, my whys for doing it, but my what's on the line for, for continuing. Mm -hmm. um, was I focused on the right things and did I set up the logistics so that they fit into my lifestyle well throughout the process? And then, you know, looking at the end of a program, what is the value of finishing a program is a fair question. And the value is you can take all of that data and make an informed decision. I talk to my clients lots about like, well, how do you make an informed decision if you have no information? Mm -hmm. And that's when people say, well, you know, it, it can cause dysfunction to track your diet. I'm like, yeah, the research on that wouldn't agree with you. Most people that track their diet are, are still very functional humans and um, really have a good relationship with food. Um, I think the way that we're tracking what we're expecting over a period of time is really how to do that correctly. But when you start talking about the what's in it for me for finishing a program, easy. I can take the pride of actually finishing that program. I can say I did everything I could on that program. Then you can look for opportunities, successes, and you can take a step forward, meaning you have a better picture of the target you're aiming at. And, you know, for me, I still hire coaches. I've been doing this 20 years and I still hire coaches. And the reason is because they help me identify targets that I might not see. Mm -hmm. And I get to learn from them how they communicate with me and how it feels on that end of the stick. And I get to see things that they would do a different way that I would. And that helps me orient myself in the world and see, like, here's, here's opportunities for me. And I'm not all that in a bag of potato chips. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to, to remember that. And when it comes to hard to start, harder to finish, I think that having the right alignment and the right check-ins along the way, which can include accountability and adjusting to your client, making sure they're enjoying the process can be huge. Yeah. Do you have any final words on the finishing of the program, sir? Yeah, just the accountability piece. You know, like if I was plugging our profession, obviously, as coaches and trainers, like people like, ah, you know, I don't think I need a trainer. I don't think I need a coach. Like ah, I can execute it by myself. Like, maybe you can 100%. I do often. Um, I haven't been on any one specific program or coaching for a while. I normally enjoy it when I am, though, mm -hmm. and it's a luxury. And I've, when I talk to people like, oh, I don't think I need a trainer, I'm like, man, if I could afford it, I would have one with me every step of the way, like every single workout. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, if I was going to work out five days a week and I could afford to have you sit by my side and plug at me with like 100% attention to detail, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally different, too, if you're working out with me free 99 and you're just going to watch me and hang out and bro down with me versus like curtis here's your hourly rate here's like 
good money, you are, like the expectation is like, give me 120% like attention and focus. It's, it's, you're paying attention to me right now. And if you could have that every single workout, every workout would be a hundred percent way more optimized. And, um, again, that accountability to the scheduling, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday is we're going to work out every day at two o'clock, the scheduling, the accountability to the schedule, the other person's time, all these things really add up. And that's essentially why we still have jobs, even though there's, you could go buy Chris Hemsworth's app, like center or whatever for a fourteen ninety nine subscription monthly. But if there's not a real human talking to you behind the, behind the scenes, or if you don't like have that extra accountability, more likely to falter. I think the what's on the line conversation ends up coming down to if it costs you something, you're much more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like the things that I've invested heavily in, I'm going to do it a hundred percent because it cost me something. There's something on the line. Yeah. So wasted energy if you don't. Yeah. And I really have a hard time when somebody says, Oh, I don't need a coach or I know what I'm doing or something like this because you know, if that person's a coach, it's a really hard position to take and say, well, I believe in coaching, but I've never hired a coach. So I would, I would absolutely say that hiring a coach is a very, very valuable educational experience, far beyond courses for myself. If you get the right coach. Yeah. Well, That's listen, man, I've had, a, I have had experiences with coaches that were suboptimal. And you know what I did with that? I learned all sorts of stuff that I would never do that, that I would say you shouldn't do. And that's not necessarily something that they did that was bad. It was something that didn't fit with what I think. And that, that can be super valuable. You can learn from what not to do so well. Yeah. So. Can you summarize this bad boy in uh, two sentences now? Neurological um, turbulence is going to be one of the bigger uh, things that will stop you from getting started. Um, really understanding what's on the line and what, what you're willing to do can help with that process, but engaging at the right time is a big deal. Um, in the center of things, celebrating your small wins, making sure you have some accountability and a coach that's willing to take you through and adapt to where you're at is super important. And then you know, finishing your program is really going to hinge on those two things, but uh, really keep on the idea of just the pride in finishing knowing that I rose to the challenge and I completed it can be enough. Yeah. Accomplishing a more challenging task, more daunting task. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, my good sir. Likewise. Always love chatting. Fitness or fiction. Leave us a like, comment, share it. If you found this episode valuable, we always appreciate that. And drop a review. Those are, those would be nice. To yeah. See. Help us those. grow. Love the ones we have. So help us grow. We're trying to help you. We love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. 